Jeannie Flavelle's Hot Commodity Podcast Series. Empowering clients with commercial intelligence, supply chain expertise, and risk management solutions. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Mike Coughlin, President and CEO of McKinney Flavelle, and today is September 9th, 2022. And welcome to our Hot Commodity Podcast series. I'm joined by, oh my gosh, he's going to give us some great insight, Sean Bingham, our Director of Risk Management. Hello, Sean. Happy Friday. It is Friday. How are you doing, Mike? (laughs) I'm I'm doing great, but by that response, (laughs) Sean, I feel... Like it's been a week for you, huh? It's been a bit of a week. Yeah, a bit of a week. It's all right, Mike. That's living a, the dr- living the dream, baby. Let's that, yeah. That, so. Live. I love it. I used to say that all the time. Living the dream. I love it. Yeah. And it's talking about living the dream. You are a big. Uh, you know, listeners out there don't know this, but you were a, a, a amazing football coach uh, for many years, and you're into football, and you're following some of your players that are actually in. Uh, you had one guy that's a quarterback in the college uh, football. Uh, yeah, yeah what, I do. Who is that? Is it, that um, uh, Mark Gronowski plays for uh, South Dakota State, the, okay. the Jackrabbits. Played Iowa last week and, and played them quite respectively. Uh, matter of fact, had a chance to beat Iowa. Wow. Uh, which, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I've got a, about four kids I used to coach are playing uh, college football. My son was, but uh, okay. uh, knee issues have uh, have grounded him, which is fine. He needs to just go study anyway. <laughs> Says the parent, <laughs> not the coach. Well, I mean, <laughs> l- l- let's be honest. Of, of all those kids I coached, th- there's one that might might get a, a look uh, professionally. You know, Mark, and uh, but that's that's pretty rare. So, right. and and this will amaze you. I I don't even know who won the football game last night. I didn't watch it. And oh, I oh, the NFL game? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know because, as you know, or some of the listeners, I've talked about fantasy football in the past, and I'm very bad at it. But at least I don't get last place in the league. And this year I have Josh Allen and Diggs and the defense for the Buffalo Bills. You're welcome, Eric. And I did very well last night because – Buffalo just handed the Rams a uh, shellacking, as we'll call it. Oh, they did. Okay. Well, yeah, good. I think it was 31 to 10. So it was I, great. I, I did literally turn it on for maybe 10 minutes. And uh, yeah, the LA quarterback, I think, threw two picks in a row. And I'm like, well, this isn't going very well for them. So. <laughs> Is this still preseason? <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, Stafford, right? He's yep, the Stafford, yeah. From, uh, yeah. Yeah, they may send him back to Detroit. Well, Goff would love to come back. <laughs> I'll tell you that. But uh, hey, let's. I thought today uh, our listeners would be very, very interested in your perspective on on things that are going to impact the commodity markets. Uh, We could talk a little, maybe about energy, some some dollar conversation, what's happening there, and uh, just uh, give people some of our thoughts on that. So I'll I'll let you take from here, and I'll I'll uh, add where I can. Yeah, sounds good. I, I doubt they're very interested, but you know what? They're going to hear it anyway if they yeah, keep the podcast I think on, they're interested. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we do these, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. that's right. Yeah. No, I think, uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes we get so caught up in the weeds of things uh, that we forget to uh, look at the forest and uh, get a bigger picture of what's going on. And I've, I've always found it helpful in my trading career when, uh, when things get look confusing or the mm-hmm. market, you know, the market's doing something that maybe it shouldn't be doing and 
you can't figure it out. Sometimes it's just get, step away from the computer, uh, take a walk and just think about the bigger things that are driving markets. And so I thought we might hit on what the what the four, what I think are some of the bigger drivers uh, in the markets right now, and uh, maybe maybe add some clarity to to uh, what are always difficult markets, especially when volatility is still really high. So uh, yeah, volatility uncertainty. So yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. Like I said, I've got. I think I think there are really four. Okay, I would call four. I'm sure there's there's. I'm sure there are. You know, folks would think there are probably one or two more, maybe more than that. Uh, but these are the four that struck struck me right away, and I'll just kind of go from bullish to bearish, and I'm okay. just talking commodities broadly. Uh, you know, m- you know, grains mostly, but but generally commodities. And and the first one of those, obviously, and everybody knows it are just the tight stock situation we see in the grain markets. Right. And, uh, you know, I, right before we got on, I just kind of, we talk about it a lot, but again, I like to just back up and, and kind of relook at it. If you look at corn, uh, since uh, the late 70s, early 80s, uh, average stocks to use about 19.5%, we're running at 9.6, so Ooh. down about 10 points. Soybeans, we average about 10.7, we're at 5.4. So down about five points. And then if you look at the all wheat category, we average about 38.5% stocks to use. We're running at 31.4. So that whole, you know, the whole grain and soy complex, on average, we're seven, you know, nearly seven and a half percentage points uh, below the normal stocks to use. So that that is most certainly a driver. And it's kind of one of those drivers that we all know it, it. You don't get out of that scenario, and usually don't get out of that scenario in a crop year. You know, mm-hmm. we're looking at at multiple crop cycles generally right. to correct that. And uh, and frankly, the you know the weather. You know, here we go. Yeah. Here we are. I'm not, I'm no weather person, but you know, I'll, everyone keeps talking about you know another El Nino and yeah. Gosh, some kind of somebody said something about a polar vortex the other day that was very frightening and. Uh, yeah, I, it just doesn't seem like uh, we can catch a break to uh, to rebuild some of these stocks from a from a weather and planning perspective. So yeah, I mean, I would just say that I agree. I mean, I think that it, it takes uh, a global uh, situation where weather is cooperating, and I think that what we've seen is extremes uh, in certain areas of the world, and and definitely in the United States, which uh, we grow a lot of grain. And we've had some some issues with like massive flooding or drought conditions. I mean, hey, I'm sitting here in California, yeah. you know, saving every uh, every ounce of water. Um, and I know that most of the water in California goes towards agriculture. And, you know, we, we need water to, to, to grow those crops. And so when you have those extremes, I hear what you're saying. It's going to take a while to uh, rebound those stocks. It, it is. And so, you know, there's, there's, you know, a, a, a significant bullish factor. Another, another bullish factor don't have, I mean, it's obvious is, is energy. So we have, you know, we have a combination of, of this push to go to net neutral or net zero carbon. And then you throw on top, you know, you, that the market was already moving in that direction. We have corporations spending literally billions a year to get to net zero off of fossil fuels. Yep. And whether we like it or not, we aren't yet prepared. We don't have the alternatives. So it's it's 
causing a creating a rise in energy prices to begin with. Yep. And then and then whammo, you get the you get the Russian uh, invasion of Ukraine, and now you've got uh, Putin uh, effectively shutting off uh, Europe uh, with uh, gas and oil, and so which is this pretty is, scary. It's pretty it's, scary to look at. It's very scary, and I you know I was talking with a client this morning, and I you know. I, What's the end? What's the what, what does the end look like on that deal? And to me, uh, unfortunately, Putin uh, is holding the cards right now as we go into the winter, as he's shutting gas off to the EU. Uh, it's going to be uh, a very, very difficult time over there if he doesn't turn the spigot on. And, and basically, I think until we, you know, we're going to have to come to the table with this guy. And unfortunately, Ukraine is probably going to have to give some land concessions to end this. Yeah. And maybe his plan is that, you know, we we shut off the gas, we shut off the oil and we force Europe to uh, to uh, go along with the idea of of mm-hmm. let's put an end to this thing. Yeah. And uh, he he's not going to he's going to have to have some kind of victory. He's not going to just back out. And right. I'm not sure the Ukraine uh, military has the. Uh, power to to push him out. So uh, that's that's going to be that could be very long and drawn out. But yeah. I think ulti- ultimately it it hopefully ends uh, sooner than later. And but I do think it's going to be with some some concessions from from Ukraine. And until we, and I just don't hear anybody even talking about that. But I think I think come come January uh, in February when it's really cold in Europe, uh, maybe that conversation. Uh, starts to increase. Yeah, and I'm going to give a shameless pug, plug here, uh, Sean. And a pug? A plug. We're giving dogs away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Humane Society's giving dogs away. Would you like a pug? Anybody like out a there? Plug. Uh, yeah. uh, a plug, and that is yeah. uh, a lot of you out there know we do uh, consulting on various commodities such as uh, sugar, corn, sweeteners, edible oils, etc. But energy is a new area that uh, we're, we, where we have offerings and uh, thinking about hedging strategies, Sean. Sean's working with clients to do hedging strategies as well as we have some systematic models uh, tied to some of those energy markets. So don't forget us we do. there. Don't forget we us. Do. Okay, keep going. Sorry. And that and that was shameless, but Sorry. I have yeah, it was no shameless. shame anyway. It's okay. What would you name your pug? <laughs> shameless. <laughs> shameless. That's this is right. Shameless the pug. Lovely. Yeah, per- perfect. Lovely. Perfect. All right. Anyway, All right. what else follow- we got? <laughs> No, just just to follow up on me on my on energy. So obviously we've got you know we've got uh, the whole uh, how it's going to affect uh, Europe and all that. But at home, we're looking at obviously significantly higher fuel and fertilizer costs for for input for farm yeah. inputs and input costs uh, for the average farm fuel you know, fuel chemical fertilizer that kind of thing. It runs about twenty one percent of input costs. So yeah, you know if you're talking about uh, you know, three dollar. Uh, what or I'm sorry. What was four dollar corn? Um, now you're talking about what's probably four eighty corn, j- just for that alone. So just the input cost. Just yeah. input costs alone. So you know, it's something that that is going to be around a while and uh, and is likely going to keep a floor on the market. So yeah, let's move on to let's move on to a couple of the bearish factors, and then we'll we'll just kind of tie it all together. Wrap her up. Wrap her yeah. up. Uh, you know, I wrote about it this morning. Uh, you know, yep. the, the U S dollar is, is mm-hmm. a, is a very needed bearish factor. We've been, we've been rallying since 2008. Uh, the dollar is up more than 50%. 
you know, a lot of people may be scratching their heads. Why? And I'll, uh, how do I say this in a uh, in a politically correct fashion? We are uh, <laughs> the the uh, the U.S. dollar is the uh, tallest short person in the room. OK, we have, you know, despite the fact we have a near thirty one trillion dollar, uh, you know, debt uh, and debt to ratio, you know, debt to GDP, you know, near 100 percent, You depend on which one you look at it over 100 percent double from 2000. Again, there is no other country even remotely capable to take over that position. And now with, with Europe absolutely going into some kind of a recession due to, due to this energy war, uh, you know, China's out of the picture. Uh, the Euro is out of the picture. Britain's debt to, debt to GDP is even worse than, you know, far worse than ours. So for lack of, for lack of any other contender, there's no reason that, that the dollar is not going to continue to be strong. So that's a good headwind. Okay. It's a good that's headwind to the market. Now, obviously, makes our exports uh, more expensive, and so uh, uh, hopefully, maybe we'll see some uh, some change in export numbers at Monday's uh, WASD and uh, yep. and see some uh, lowering of those. Another another bearish factor, and this one was a big this one was big news when it began. I think it's starting to slow down. And that's the rate hikes. Uh, the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. is uh, on a path to try to to cap inflation. And we talk, you know, we've got our what inflation station uh, podcasts every once yes. in a while. We got to do another one soon. We sh- well, <laughs> maybe on the twenty first would be good. So uh, yeah, yes, so, that's a good idea. Uh, is that a Friday? That's not a Friday. They never. That's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. I should not. I don't, yeah. can't believe I even said that. They never do FOMCs on Friday. Um, <laughs> hey, right hike. We're leaving. Yeah, Bye. exactly. Yeah. Well, I, well, uh, Volker did it on a Sunday night one time and I think oh, it was like 2% yeah. just like blew the market away. Anyway, uh, that tells you how old I am. Um, <laughs> you know, 90% chance the Fed's going to raise rates another 75% September uh, 21st. Looks like they're going to raise another 50 basis points uh, November 2nd. And, you know, I've said it before, the U, uh, e, uh, EU, I'm sorry, the ECB uh, raised 75 basis points. That was unprecedented for them uh, yesterday. So we are, there is a global fight against inflation yep. and, un, and unfortunately it is going to cause a, a, some kind of global recession. And so there's, there is, that is a, what I would consider a fairly significant bearish factor sure. in the markets as, as well. So what do we have? We've got two bullish factors and we've got two bearish factors. So you know, you want to add a wild card? Yeah. Now. Well, you know, you call me an economist, right? Uh, so yes. You, uh, yes. What well, do you want it to be? What if? What if? Well, the way yes. you know, the way I look at it, you just kind of have to look look at each one and say, okay, which ones are the most important? Which ones are the least important? Right. And if I'm ranking them, uh, I think the low stocks is number one. Uh, sure. It's going to take at least one, two, maybe three crop cycles to get out of. So that situation is there. I put energy at number two. Because yep. I just don't believe, uh, yeah, I believe the whole uh, push to net zero, the whole climate change argument, everybody, you know, the, the move off of fossil fuels. I, I, I mean, we have tons of energy in this country, but if we're not going to use it, it doesn't matter. So uh, right. I just see, I just see energy costs being a real problem going forward, and particularly in the in the fertilizer area for farmers. And then I would I would throw in the global recession. We saw how that knocked that that the idea of having a global recession knocked the market down off the highs here right. uh, in the last few months. And then lastly, the dollar. So th- unfortunately, your top two are the bullish factors, and your bottom two are the bearish factors. <laughs> 
So funny how that works. It is funny how that works. And uh, yeah. maybe I've just, you know, you know, maybe we, I could, we could just roll the dice and rearrange these and get a better outcome. But uh, yeah, I, you know, it looks to me, it looks to me, there's a lot of talk. I've said it before. There's a lot of talk about this long-term bullish super cycle in commodities. And it, it just, everything is just setting up for, for that. And it doesn't mean that commodities are just going to, are going to go completely right back to the highs that we saw in April and May, but it does, it does suggest that we're, we're in for a much longer period of higher, higher commodity costs all around. And uh, I think for procurement people, it's just, you know, the idea that we're going back to, to $4 corn or, you know, 18 cent sugar, or whatever, you know, you, you know, those numbers better than I do. I, j- I just think it's, we're, we're years yeah. Years away from that. I think we have to get ready for uh what would you call it? the new normal? Yes, the new uh, norm. And the new and the new normal is going to be more volatility uh at higher prices. And uh and I and and, sh- and I'll shameless plug our models again because that's going to be difficult waters to navigate. Yep. And so uh you know, things like uh data analytics and algorithmic models, AI, uh they're going to help a lot. Uh, because there's a lot yep. to take in, you know, it's more than just one factor driving markets. It's a lot. And, uh, well, and it's, and it's having a plan and that's, uh, that's absolutely. exactly what we do is it was, we help our clients with risk management plans. We help educate, uh, folks like we do on all the other commodities. Uh, Sean sits down with you and, and goes through strategies for risk management, understanding the technicals, understanding the model, understanding, putting all together to protect your risk. Because we know at the end of the day, you need something to provide on that shelf that protects your margin. So yeah. we're here to help you. That's that's my my shameless pug. Put your shame, <laughs> shameless the pug. That's got to be uh, the pug. That's got to be. It. We have to get a picture of a pug for the podcast thing. Yes, so, we absolutely. Do. Yeah, we no, do. Mike, that's gonna be our mascot. Absolutely, you you nailed it. Have a plan. Have yeah. a plan. I mean, you cannot yeah. have some structure have a plan that, that uh, no truer words could be. You, I mean, you're, you know, at, in this game, markets are tough, right? We all know yep. trying to get markets right. You're never going to get them right a hundred percent of the time. But let me tell you, if you're making, if you're making educated decisions based on, you know, historical data and a plan uh, and a, and a, and a, and a kind of a, a structure to, to manage your risk, you just put yourself in a much better position than kind of that, Absolutely. you know, lick your thumb and hold it up in the air and try to figure out which way the wind's blowing. Absolutely. Uh, so hope is not a plan. Hope I think is not a plan. <laughs> a plan. Exactly. And you plan to fail, you fail to plan They're, or whatever they say, right? That's what they say, whoever they are. But hey, we're going to let people get on with their weekend, enjoy their weekend. Uh, if you're interested in talking to us uh, about what, how we can help, mckinney-flavel.com, just reach out to us. As I always like to say, live with an attitude of gratitude. Enjoy every minute moment with your friends and family. Thank you, Sean. And until our next podcast, take care, everybody. Cheers. That concludes this podcast episode. For expanded commentary and more detailed information, log on to McKinney Favell's IQ Ingredient Intelligence platform and listen to our Market Insights podcast. If you're not a subscriber, visit McKinney-Favell.com for more information. And as always, follow us on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.